When a young woman is over at a friend's apartment, she already knows that this place gives off a creepy vibe. But little does she know she's about to witness something that will make her question reality. And then we travel to a Kmart to meet a man who's just there to do some quick shopping before he goes on with the rest of his day. Instead, he meets an old friend from the past. And this chance encounter has him questioning what happens after you die. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun out there in the world doing whatever you're doing. we got a ton of stuff to cover, so let's go ahead and get started here. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command is a longtime supporter of the show and pretty much becoming my own personal librarian. Everyone give it up. For Greg Gorley. Woohoo! Yeah, come on in, Greg. Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Greg's been sending me books recently off of my Amazon wish list. I started thinking maybe I should put groceries on there. Maybe I should get some Gatorade Zero dropped off in my house. I do love these books though. This is a book. I don't even know if I have this on my wish list. I think you can buy stuff just for me. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. This is a book called The Darkest Places. Unsolved Mysteries, True Crimes, and Harrowing Disasters in the Wilds. So yeah, really, really cool book. It's from the editors of Outside Magazine, so it's, you know, like out in the middle of nowhere. Type of horrific stories, the places I never go. I never go into the middle of nowhere. I hate the outdoors because it's too spooky. And now Greg has gotten me a book that reinforces my view of the natural world. Thank you so much. Greg, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. You guys can't buy me anything if you guys can't support the show financially. It truly is totally okay. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. You have no idea how much that helps when you let other people know that you enjoy the show. Greg, let's go ahead and let's dust off the bunny bicycle. We haven't used this guy in a long time. We'll hop on the handlebars as he pedals us out of Dead Rabbit Command all the way out to a creepy apartment. Wicka, wicka, wicka. Wicka, wicka, wicka. There's a reason why we don't use the money bicycle a lot. I haven't found a good sound effect for it. We are at our destination. Everyone hop off the bunny bike. Let's lock it up to a nearby tree, and we're going to enter this apartment complex where we're about to meet a young woman. Now, she didn't give her name. She doesn't give her real name. We're going to go ahead and call her Abby. Online, she goes by the name Euphoric Mycologist. 39. We don't have any real names. We don't have an exact location. We do have a time period. This is a fairly recent story. She said this happened around three years ago. She classifies it as the beginning of COVID. So February, March, April of 2020 is when the story popped off. Abby was hanging out at her friend's apartment. And she said this was an older apartment. I don't know if this... I'm sure the whole entire complex was older, but I don't know if the entire complex gave off a creepy vibe, but Abby's friend's apartment definitely gave off a creepy vibe. When she was over there, when her friend who lived there, anyone was hanging out over there, it did feel a little off. Well, on this particular day, 
Abby's over at this apartment complex with her friend. And there's two other friends there as well. So there's four women. And there's also two little girls who are at the apartment complex. A four-year-old and a seven-year-old. We'll go ahead and call the four-year-old Samantha. And it's just kind of a get-together. Everyone's having a lot of fun. Just hanging out, watching television, talking, making a little lunch. And uh, just an an all-around get-together. Little did we know that... This would soon become very difficult to do after COVID really struck and you had all of these isolation guidelines and things like that. But towards the beginning, you're like, hey, did you you see the news about that disease coming out of China? Let's all hang out together. Let's get all these different people together in this tiny apartment and hang out. Because who knows what's going to happen next. She's over at this apartment hanging out, making lunch. And she does say, this is always good to acknowledge, she goes, we do smoke weed, but on this particular day, we weren't smoking any weed. We were all totally sober um, over at my friend's house. And she says, I'm sitting there, and the two little girls, the four-year-old and the seven-year-old, Samantha and the other little girl, are just kind of running around, having fun in the apartment. Everyone else is just chilling. And time passes. Time marches on. They're just hanging out. So after an indefinite amount of time, she just said, you know, time passes. Everyone's just kind of relaxing, doing their own thing. And because at a certain point, she realized that Samantha is running around in the kitchen area of the apartment all by herself. Just her in there, and she's running around in the kitchen by herself. And Abby gets this strange feeling in her gut that she should go check on Samantha. Actually, now looking at my notes, I don't know if Samantha is the four-year-old or the seven-year-old, but, you know, that that's neither here nor there. But just for clarification, I'm not entirely for sure which of the girls. But anyway, so Abby gets up and she goes into the kitchen because she hears Samantha running around by herself. And she just, again, that's not enough to get Abby off the couch But she also just has this really weird feeling. So she gets up to check. And when she walks into the kitchen area, she sees Samantha staring up at the ceiling. Samantha then points towards Abby. She's pointing towards Abby, but she's pointing past her. She's pointing up towards the ceiling directly behind Abby. Abby slowly starts to turn around. What she sees, what Samantha's talking about, and what Abby now sees herself is a, what she can only describe as a floating blob of ink. This big black puddle floating in the kitchen. Abby says the thing was fairly large. It was about the size of a human head. This glob of darkness hovering in this kitchen. But it wasn't still. It wasn't just like an image or a stain pressed against the wall. It was a 3D object. And this blob of ink was moving. Abby said it reminded her of the way that an octopus would swim. It had this weird movement to it. 
the way that an octopus propels itself underwater, and when she looked up, she saw it quickly move around the kitchen. And then it completely disappeared. It's an interesting phenomenon. And it's something that you could compare to a ghost. But what's interesting about this is, if you've seen a ghost, there's generally two emotions. I mean, it's a spectrum, but generally there's two emotions. There's a... Okay, three. There's... You don't know it's a ghost, right? Technically, that's not an emotion, but you look at something, it doesn't dawn on you that what you saw was a ghost. Later, you find out that it was something... It wasn't really a person on the deck of that ship. It really wasn't the maid in your room. You're not clear of it when you see it. The hitchhiker on the side of the road and things like that. But if you know it's a ghost, if you're looking at something and it's like hovering in midair, it has no legs, or it's a shadow person, it's something that you can clearly see. It is not a real human. It might take the form of a human. It might be a full-body apparition, but you know that that is a ghost. There's really two emotions people feel. One is fear. And the other one is curiosity. It could be anywhere in between the two. But generally speaking, that is kind of where you're at. You're like, wow, I'm actually looking at a ghost. Like what I just saw is a spirit or something assuming the form of a human spirit. Or, ah, and you're running away. It tends to be somewhere in between those two. What's interesting about this entity that um, Abby saw, what's really interesting is she gives this quote about her feelings. She goes, quote, it scared me, which, which is kind of where it would start to fall in a, if it was a ghost, right? She does have that initial, it scared me thing, but she goes, it scared me and left the core of my stomach feeling like it was doing backflips. I made an excuse and went home shortly after what I saw. And so it's almost just more than fright. It's revulsion. You're seeing something that shouldn't exist. Even if you don't believe in ghosts, you're aware of what a ghost is. So if you were walking down a dark hallway in the middle of the night and you saw your grandpa standing at the end of your hallway... Assuming you don't live with your grandpa, assuming that you're not renting a room from him. Uh, he's not supposed to be there. He's been dead for 10 years. Even if you didn't believe in ghosts, you, you could put two and two together and go, wow, that, that I actually saw a ghost. Maybe there is something to that. You can put two and two together that way. But this is something that just doesn't make sense. It's a floating black blob the size of a human head. And the way she described it, again, it's not moving like a ghost. It's not a screaming ghost head, which would be equally terrifying. But what she was seeing, her body was reacting to something that shouldn't exist. This was some sort of entity or life form that should not exist in this realm. And so she had a, a odd reaction to it, a, a, physical, a physical discomfort. And remember, it started off because she had that gut feeling in the first place. That's, there was an interloper. There was something in the house. I mean, she couldn't put it into words. But she's sitting there. She hears a little girl running around in the kitchen. And she realizes, I better check on her. And she ends up seeing this thing. What's interesting is we get... This is pretty standard for any sort of paranormal activity. Whether it be aliens, cryptids, ghosts, or, or blobs. 
She told her boyfriend about it, and he didn't believe her. He completely dismissed it and dismissed her for even thinking she saw anything like that. And then she stopped talking about it. She just really never, ever told anyone else about it until she could talk about it anonymously online. It's an interesting story. I really like this one. We have Yesterday we talked about the little girls who were flying around the basement. And again, this was like something that a child could see. She could see this blob and she was running around in the kitchen trying to catch it. But it was too fast, Samantha said. But when you put an adult into that situation where something unreal was existing... When an adult viewed it, who understands the rules of the universe, a child doesn't. They're still learning all that stuff. Whether you're four or you're seven, you still are trying to figure out, like, what is reality? You understand that cartoons aren't real and things like that, but you still think that there is magic. You still think that Santa Claus is real. You still believe in these things, even if you don't specifically believe in those things. Children have a sense of wonderment. They look at the world differently than adults do. And what happens is, it's one of the great tragedies of life, is those senses are dulled over time. We actually get worse at being able to perceive things like that as we get older, because you learn magic doesn't exist. So anything that appears magical, you just completely dismiss. You may outright not see it. It's like... You know, quantum physics, the double slit experiment. By simply viewing the phenomenon, you change it. A child could be in this apartment and see something that shouldn't exist, but they don't understand what should exist and what shouldn't. The little girl does realize this is something unique. This is something weird. It's nothing she's ever going to see at an aquarium or at a museum or anything like that. She knows there's something off about it, but she doesn't understand that this is just impossible. But when you put Abby in there, when you put an adult in there, she looked at it and it disappeared. She's looking at it through adult eyes. It collapsed the phenomenon. Now, she knew it couldn't exist, yet she saw it existing. And that collision of two different belief systems made her sick to her stomach. It would ruin your, at the very least, it would ruin your day, but it would start to shatter your reality in a way. It's one thing, again, if you don't believe in ghosts and you see a ghost, you will go, you may go, well, you know, I understand, like, maybe it's just a trick of the light. Maybe I was dreaming when I was walking around. But at a certain point, if you don't believe in ghosts and you see a ghost and you realize, like, you have a full-on interaction with it, right? It delivers a message to you. In some sense. You would have to accept the existence of ghosts. If you just woke up in the middle of the night. And you saw your dead grandpa standing at the end of your bed. You could come up with a hundred scenarios to say that doesn't exist. And I've met people who are skeptical of ghosts. That have had paranormal encounters. And then they simply forget about them. Like we will be together. We will see something. And then years later, this happened to my buddy Josh. I remember we used to go ghost hunting in these large groups. So we had this really bizarre phenomenon that happened with a shadow man. And years later, I mentioned it to him. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, you were there. You were there. We talked about it immediately afterwards. I don't know what you're talking about. It happens. I have seen that happen to a couple different people.
But, I mean, so you, you do have the ability to just kind of shut down that part of your brain, right? But if you totally didn't believe in ghosts and now you and you've heard about ghosts all your life and you don't believe them and now you've interacted with a ghost you can't deny that what you saw wasn't a dream it wasn't a trick of the mind you're not losing yourself you're not going insane it was a ghost you have to go well then i guess this ghost existed i don't know if everyone else's ghost story is real or anything like that but you have that framework a floating blob of ink in your friend's apartment in the middle of the day, it really is going to mess with your head. If you don't believe in any of this type of stuff and you see something that bizarre, that out of the norm, it really could. At the very least, it would make you sick to your stomach. And, and as you talk to other people about it and they dismissed it, you would just it would just be better to keep your mouth shut. Other than rather than be ridiculed. So it's interesting because you think how many other people experience this totally bizarre phenomenon and don't tell anyone because they're afraid of being made fun of. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, whether or not they believed in the paranormal before or after the story or whether or not they saw it and still refuse to believe. They actually will try to forget and eventually will forget they ever saw that. I think paranormal phenomenon is more common than we think. Just people don't report it because it sounds insane. Middle of the day, a black... She didn't even tell her friends who were there when it happened. Oh my god, I just saw this! Because she knew she'd get ridiculed. Also, I think she also felt sick to her stomach that she saw something that shouldn't exist in her friend's apartment. And then, the really kind of creepy way to end the story is... Remember, it started off with her sitting on the couch and hearing the little girl running around. She got that gut feeling she should go check it out. What would have happened if Samantha had caught up to the blob? We'll never know. They ended up moving out of that apartment a short time later. The roommate got kicked out, got evicted. But that apartment's still out there. Is the blob still there? Is there still some sort of weird entity, some weird sort of interdimensional force or creature or whatever? Just floating around there who knows but i think it is creepy what if the girl had caught it i mean it's possible we see so many stories of people just like imagine if you're sitting there and you hear a little girl running around in the kitchen and then all of a sudden the kitchen goes quiet and you're really not putting two and two together you're just sitting there you're having fun with your friends you're not really keyed into all the other stuff and then after a while someone walks in the kitchen and there's a dead seven-year-old laying there And of course, you call 911, the medics come out, and they go, yeah, we don't know what it was. We don't know why this seven-year-old just dropped dead. It's, it looks like she had some sort of heart attack. But she doesn't have any genetic issues. It's not like she had any flaws with her heart. But yet, here we have a seven-year-old who had a heart attack. And what happened was she ended up catching this thing and released some sort of electrical discharge and stopped her heart. It would just be a tragedy, a family tragedy. A seven-year-old dropped dead, did the autopsy. We don't know what caused it, but it's obviously natural causes. She had a heart attack. Because that stuff does happen. And science, because we don't know what happened. We can't explain it, but what would have happened had she caught that glob? Fascinating story. Fascinating story. Greg, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this apartment. 
It's probably still out there. It's probably, you're like, Jason, you got real dark real quick. You're talking about a girl chasing a blob. You're like, what if she had a heart attack? Great, let's go ahead and touch the keys of the carbon helicopter. We're saying goodbye to this apartment. Take us all the way out to a local Kmart. Before we get the next story started, I want to do a really quick Dead Rabbit recommends. Man, I saw this movie. It was so weird the other day. It's funny when I tell people the title, they're like, what? Uh, that sounds like a Jason movie. It was called The Girl in the Crawl Space. And based on the title, <laughs> you could probably figure out the plot, right? It's about a girl in a crawl space. I watch a lot of horror movies, so maybe like some sort of slasher chasing a girl through a house. The movie begins with her escaping from the crawl space. And it's about her experience back in real life. But it's not some dumb drama. It is so weird. And and an interesting component of it is that the script is awesome. Like, there's there are these monologues and these scenes that you're like, someone really, like, crafted these words. They have a lot of really cool scenes. A lot of really good characters. A lot of really good acting. The cinematography is not good. I don't think it's because the person was a bad cinematographer. I think it's a budget thing. The movie felt like it was very, very... It wasn't like straight up like... It wasn't like August Mortem Underground or whatever or anything like that. It wasn't like Gateway Meat. It's not one of these like really bad cinematography movies. But you know what I'm saying? Like you could tell... They did not have the budget to get the best cameras. It was one of those movies that looks like they're like, hey, it's in the afternoon. Let's start shooting a scene right now. It's just weird sheen to it. So you got to go in knowing that. And that doesn't bug me. It doesn't bug me at all because I watch stuff like Gateway Meat and there's just no cinematography at all. But you have this movie about this girl. It starts off with her escaping the crawl space. And... It's not a drama. I I guess it's still a horror movie with dramatic elements. I don't watch dramas, so I I wouldn't recommend one. But it is so interesting. It is so interesting from scene to scene that I would argue maybe 30% of the movie has zero to do with the plot. I've never seen anything. It's like this movie was either made by a genius or an amateur who didn't know how good they are. Because there's so much of the movie that any editor would be like, dude, why do you have all of this stuff in here? It's not moving the plot ahead at all, but it informs the characters so much. You learn to love certain characters just because of their antics that have nothing to do with the plot. And the plot itself is just wild. It's so weird. And it keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And it got to the point where I go... This movie's going to come down to the last five minutes. Like, depending on how they end this movie, I'm either going to really, really enjoy this movie or be like, it was just okay. Because the ride had been... uh, It was not going to be bad. No matter what the ending was, I wasn't going to be like, this was a bad movie. Because I had so much fun getting there. The last five minutes, they did it for me. I was like, didn't see it coming. They totally set that up. Didn't see it coming. Bravo. Very, very, very well-made movie, especially in the constraints of the budget as well. The Girl in the Crawl Space. Just a fun, 
It's not fun, actually. It's about torment. It's about torment and what the human soul can go through. But just great acting, great writing, twists and turns, weird stuff, weird visuals, kind of. I mean, as much as you can have weird visuals in a low-budget movie, it fascinates them. Dead Rabbit recommends The Girl in the Crawl Space. It's one of those movies that each scene gives you a little bit more information about a character. And I love that. That's really hard to do. A lot of times people will walk in a room and they'll be like, Jagged, ever since your wife was killed by the Colombians, you've been on a one-man mission to take down the cartels. And you're like, okay, I mean, that's fair. We're watching a movie. We're watching an action film. We don't need to know much about this guy. The girl in the crawl space is totally different. There's a character. My favorite character in it is the husband. And every scene, he has nothing to do with the girl in the crawl space. He has nothing to do with the plot. With his husband, every scene, you learn something new about him. And he is, he. I mean, he's obviously like a main character in the story, which is odd because he has nothing to do with anything else. But each scene, a character will make a comment. Like, they'll have this scene, and the character will make a comment, and he'll be like, yeah, I know, but... And you're like, I didn't know that. I totally didn't know that about him. Someone makes a comment about him, and then we find out more about him and his relationship with other people and why this happened. And it was a very, very just well-written movie, The Girl in the Crawl Space. Okay, let's move on to this next story. You know, it's funny. The way I put together this show, it's quite slapdash. I pick stories pretty much at random. I try to find different stories, so I try not to do two alien stories in an episode or two ghost stories in an episode. Kind of mix it up. And sometimes we see similarities between the stories. And this is no exception. I actually, when I was reading that last story, I go, hmm, interesting. There's some of the visuals are the same, but it's a quite different story. No, no children will have heart attacks in this story. We're walking around this Kmart. I haven't been to Kmart in years. I don't know if they still exist. It's a big, giant department store. Walking around, you can get anything from your Atari 2600 to a brand new Latigra shirt. It's fantastic. It's a good store if you're in the 1980s and there's no Walmarts around. Kmart. Just to shop at them all the time, actually. And that's where we're at right now. We're about to meet a longtime supporter of the show, Hot Diggity Dane. Hot Diggity Dane, longtime supporter of the show. He's one of the mods on the Patreon Discord, along with Mason. They do a great job keeping everyone else from, from slowly losing their mind and posting insane memes. Um, they, they, they help out a lot with the Patreon Discord, for sure. Now, Hot Diggity Dane recently posted this on the Patreon Discord. He said, episode 1005, you talked about interacting with ghosts, people interacting with ghosts, and he said... Let me tell you a story about my dad. Let me tell you a story about my dad that my dad had told me when I was just a child. So that's the setup for this story. We're going to meet Hot Diggity Dad, a.k.a. We're going to go ahead and call him Michael. I don't know if that's his real name. If that is, it's just a guess. Hot Diggity Dad, a.k.a. Michael, has this story. He goes, one day I was walking through Kmart. And I ran into an old friend from high school. I hadn't seen this guy in years. In a long time. He was a good guy. We didn't stop hanging out because of any particular reason. Just life. 
you know, people just kind of move, move on. I was excited to see them. But life, like I got stuff to do. It was really cool to run into an old high school buddy of mine. But, you know, I'm like on my way to do something else. So we engaged in small talk. Chit chat. We didn't talk long. It was just a couple minutes. It was nice to see him. It definitely was nice to see him again. But, you know, I had to. I had, I had stuff to do, so, you know, hey, Johnny, hey, what's up? Man, I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, my God, dude, what have you been up to? What the heck? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I'm shopping at Kmart. I'm not doing that good. I am shopping at Kmart, but, no, it's really cool. How's so-and-so? Oh, no, that's really... Just casual conversation. We have these types of conversations all the time. He goes, we talked for a couple of minutes and then, you know, hey, I, I got to get going. I'm sorry, we didn't have more time to, to talk. But, uh, Johnny, I hope I see you around. It's really, are you back in the area? You know, like, I just, it's been years since I've seen you. I just, I, I got to run. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine, Michael. It was nice to run into you, too. And as Michael is, is saying goodbye to his old high school buddy, Michael goes, I was walking away and I looked. And we'll just call him Johnny. That was the name I made up during their fake dialogue. Johnny goes, I turn over, turn around. Johnny's staring up at the ceiling. I thought it was weird. That was, you know, odd. I don't, he wasn't a big ceiling starer in high school. It's not what he was known for. Here we are in this Kmart and I got my stuff and I'm on my way. And I look and he's just staring up at the ceiling. And, and I, I didn't think a lot of it at the time i just thought it was weird like what what you know but I, i'm busy i'm busy i got stuff to do it's just kind of a weird way in the conversation again that's not what he was known for if he was known for that then i'd be like ah it's typical johnny staring at them ceilings i walk away and he's staring up at the ceiling as he's standing in the middle of this kmart the next day michael gets a phone call Hello, this is Michael. <laughs> Working at Kmart. I work at Kmart now. That's what I do. Can I help you with anything? He gets a phone call, and it's an old friend. Just a mutual friend that him and Johnny both knew when they went to school together. We'll go ahead and call this guy Bill. Hey, Bill, what's up? How's everything going? I haven't heard from you in a long time. Bill goes, ah, you know, things are okay, but I, I you know, I... <sighs> Michael, I'm I'm calling to deliver some bad news. Kind of calling everyone that I know of who knew Johnny. Two days ago, Johnny killed himself. I'm sure that the friend went on to talk about, like, you know, this is when we're going to have the service. This is how the family's doing. Giving Michael some more information, but Michael's just sitting there on the phone, and he's thinking, wait a second. I saw Johnny yesterday. Dude, are you, are you sure... Like, this isn't some sort of horrible prank. You're, you're, this isn't some sort of joke. No, 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 Michael. Not joking. Johnny killed himself two days ago. 
I know it's a shock. I know we haven't all kept up. But, um, yeah. And this is, you know, we're going to have these arrangements for him. And so, on and so, forth. so what Michael realizes at this point was that he saw Johnny the day after he died. The day after he had killed himself, Michael ran into him in the middle of a Kmart, had a conversation with him. Small talk. And then Michael left. And Michael, when he tells his story to Hot Diggity Dane, he, he says, you know, I wish... I, tr I deeply regret that I didn't take more time to talk to an old high school buddy who, at the time I was talking to him, committed suicide the day before. It's an, it, 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 you know, this is one of those super interesting, like, what I like to call, like, the day-to-day -day paranormal type stories. Where, obviously, this was a huge event in Michael's life. It probably did stick with him. You know, he's telling his son about it. This is one of those stories that, sure, someone could go, like, you know, you talk about a floating blob in a kitchen, your boyfriend can just be like, shut up, that's stupid, that doesn't exist. If someone tells you this story, even if you don't believe in ghosts, there's a certain reverence to the I was visited by a loved one after they passed story. I, I've met people personally who say, I don't believe in ghosts at all. But when people tell me that they were visited by a dead loved one in their dreams, I believe that. Believe in air quotes, basically saying, I'm not going to question that. I'm not going to try to debunk that. I've I've run into quite a few people like that, skeptics who don't believe in the paranormal, but because there is a certain reverence to it, right? At the end of the day, whether or not it's a dream or it's grief manifesting itself or it's an actual spirit from beyond, you're not going to be like, well, actually, did you check your carbon monoxide detectors? Like it's a it's a deeply personal story, as opposed to I was in a haunted graveyard and I saw a goblin jump out from behind a grave. You know, you could say, I don't believe you, and, and this is why <laughs> this is why I'm actually three goblins wearing a trench coat right now. The goblins were with you all along, not just in the graveyard. Um, these type of stories people tend not to debunk because they're really, what's the point? It, it's the story of a man saying goodbye to a friend. It's definitely a weird one. I, I This is one of the stories that I do think happened, not just because who I'm getting it from, like Hot Diggity Dane. I mean, his dad could be making it up and... Again, what would be the point? What would be the point in terrifying your son? You're making it up. And we talk a lot about this. Like, I think this is what we were talking about on episode 1005. It's like, how many ghosts do you think we interact with on a daily basis? The other day I was walking home. Probably like one in the afternoon, noon, something around that. I had just gone to get coffee at a local coffee shop. I was walking down the street. And I heard little kids giggling, and I turned and I looked, and I didn't see any kids. Now, my brain goes, they're on the other side of that car. They must have just gotten out of this minivan. And that's the most likely answer. But I didn't see any parents, I didn't see any kids. The giggling came right from the other side of this minivan that was parked on a relatively busy street. 
And then I never saw any kids. I never saw any kids. So, I mean, like, I think when you hear noises, when you hear people, when you see people during the day, you assume you're going to see people and hear people during the day. So you don't chalk it up as paranormal. You assume you're going to see other living, breathing humans in a Kmart. And maybe even an old friend. So it doesn't click with you immediately when you see something that's weird, that it's a ghost. If you hear kids giggling... In the clothing racks at a department store, you assume there's a real kid in there and he's hiding from his mom. You don't understand that that kid's been in there for 30 years and his skeletal hands are gripping around the center rack, hoping someone will reach in so he can suck them into his own hellish dimension. You don't assume that. You never even thought that that was a possibility. But it's possible in the world of paranormal. So you have that. You have him interacting with it. But then also just this whole idea of, right, the tragedy of the suicide. And, you know, when I read this story, thanks for sending it over. When when I read the story, I was thinking about it, it reminded me of those times where sometimes we have friends that we like them infinitely more than they could ever like us. I'm not saying that they dislike us, but there are some friendships that are so close, but they're a little one-sided. And again, I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm not saying someone's taking advantage of you, but... You can have a friend that you really, really, like, if you could, you would spend all your time with this particular friend, and they just want to hang out with you every month or two. And I wonder if that was the relationship between Michael and Johnny. You know, I have friends, like, if they stopped in to visit me, like, I would just kind of drop everything and, you know tell work, hey, I can't come in for a couple days. My buddy from across the country or my buddy that I haven't seen in years since high school is here. I'm, you know, I'm going to take a couple days off, hang out, because you know, I haven't seen him in years. I don't know if they would do that for me, but it doesn't matter. The fr- I'm, I'm not saying that that's a bad friendship at all. I'm not saying that at all, but you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way life is. And I'm wondering, I mean, you imagine out of all the people that Johnny wanted to say goodbye to and it wasn't even like he appeared and goes goodbye i'll never see you again and then he floated away like he just wanted to talk to michael one last time and you know michael had stuff to do just small talk talked for a couple minutes and then they passed on and it's just so interesting because johnny defied the laws of death to go talk to his high school buddy that hadn't seen in years. And you wonder if like this whole time Johnny was thinking like, Oh, I wonder what my, you know, my high school buddies are up to. I wonder what Michael's up to. And again, it sounds bad. It's, I'm not trying to say that Michael's a bad friend or anything like that. We just have different, does this, is it, you're like, no, Jason, you're clearly making like his souls floating around. He's like, and now to see my best friend, Michael, and Michael's holding a bunch of groceries. He's like, Hey, I gotta go. I'm not saying that at all. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Like, If the roles were reversed, if Michael died, sorry, Hot Diggity Dane, if Michael died and Johnny was still alive, would Johnny be one of the last people Michael would want to see on Earth? Would that be one of the people that he slips through the bonds of the afterlife to go visit? I don't know. It's fascinating. (laughs) Actually, now the thing about it would be super depressing if you're a ghost and you're like, and now to see my best friend from high school. Wee! And then you land in the middle of Kmart and he's like, hey, buddy, yeah, yeah. And you just talk about like the weather 
and how family's doing. He's like, how are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, um, no, I'm not good. You'll be getting some bad news in a couple days, but, and it's just chit chat. But who knows? Who knows? I'm really putting a lot of like human emotions and human desires on this story. It's possible Johnny just wanted to say goodbye to a bunch of people. And this was his way of doing it. And just the imagery, like the final imagery of Johnny looking up at the ceiling. Like obviously that to me makes it seem like something is calling him home. Right. He's headed up to the afterlife. He's headed up to heaven. Something's calling him home and he's looking up. He's hearing something that no mortal man hears until he's no longer mortal. But Johnny wanted to see his buddy one last time. I think I've leaned really heavily into the part. I do not think that Michael is a bad friend. You're like, wow, dude. I'm not, I'm not ever recommending a personal ghost story to you. I'm afraid you're going to read too much into it. I'm not saying Michael's a bad friend, but I just find it fascinating that he does come to visit him. And And one final note before we wrap this up. I think it's interesting. A lot of times we'll see stories where somebody goes... I woke up in the middle of the night, a loved one was by my bedside, they sat there on my bed and they said, don't worry, everything's going to be okay, and then they disappeared, and then I found out later that was the same time they died in the hospital. We see those stories a lot, and I'm not discounting those stories at all. What I find interesting about this one, it was a full day since Johnny had killed himself that he appears in the Kmart. To Michael. And really, as a ghost, he could have appeared in the middle of Michael's house. He could have appeared in Michael's car as he was driving down the road. He could have appeared to him anywhere, but it almost like he appeared in the place that would scare him the least. So even in death, Johnny was a good friend. Johnny didn't want to scare his buddy. He just wanted to say, hey, what's up? Talk to his buddy for a few minutes one last time. And then... Something calls to him from the beyond. He looks up. Michael sees him looking at the ceiling, but he's looking past that ceiling. He's seeing sights that we will never see until we see those sights ourselves. And then he goes home. Johnny may not have found peace in this life, but he'll find it in the next. And he'll be waiting in paradise for his friends to join him. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.